Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you along with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan here, along with Michael and Moscow, who is wearing a beautiful blue Puma Packard Bell sponsored shirt, which you can see on the video version. If you are listening, have a look on YouTube. You will find it on there and reminisce about a better time at Ellen Road on a real upswing as we do the TSB guide to Michael Bridges' hat trick versus Southampton. He was wearing that blue shirt on the day. Not one like it. Not that actual. Not this actual one. Although this is from 1999. Right. It's my original one that Michael Bridges is constantly pestering me to try and get off me. I still have I still have mine as well. The Packard Bell's peeling off just a tiny, tiny bit, but it's held up quite well. It's got it's got little holes in the letters, hasn't it? It does. It's nice. Yeah, it's a real nice detail. You don't get a sweaty mid belly. What's on the back of yours though that you don't like? Kill nineteen. Yes, good. It was at the time it was wrong because I think it, this was is this the year he switched to number ten as yeah, well. Yeah. So I think he got it, got it with the wrong fucking number on. Then it turned out it was a prick as well. Just fucking player. <laughs> no, just to add to it, no refunds. At Absolutely least awful. You didn't get Hasselbank nine. I had that on my home shirt. Well, so <laughs> so this is the summer of the departure of Jimmy Hasselbank, who went off piggy bank. They were calling him at the time because he wanted a big pay increase. We weren't going to pay it because. Peter Ridsdale, we all know. He said, no, thank you. Yes. We, don't, we don't give out daft contracts at this place. <laughs> you go, you go off to elsewhere if you want to do that. People think that's a joke, but that was actually his justification. And I will say this, mm. Moscow, my dad bumped into Peter Ridsdale coming out of the store in the White Rose Centre, the shopping centre, mm. um, just down the road from here. Been in the till, Addy. I mean, no, for legal reasons. <laughs> that's, he you know, absolutely it, had not. If, if he was doing a cash drop at the bank, yeah, he would maybe, have been, maybe. Yeah. But what he did say is that Hasselbank was asking for something outrageous like 80 grand a week and they were mm. prepared to go up to 40. Being sensible, looking after the pennies, you know? Yeah. Pounds take I don't, care I don't think it was as much as 80 grand back then, you know? Was it not? I think I think footballers weren't paid as much in those days. Either but way. Anyway, it, was, it, would it, within, was out, it would within a few years be not a ridiculous salary. According to Ridsdale, it was an outrageous amount of money um, and they weren't prepared to pay it, so they let him go off to uh, Atletico Madrid. Didn't um, matter. Well, this is it. Bridgie had been signed prior to that and there was a little bit of talk about maybe playing them up front together, which would have been good fun. Yeah, it's, the, it's almost the unknown from this season, isn't it? Because uh, it turned out to be a good season anyway, but had we had the two of them, could yeah. there have been a title challenge? And we were, we were bolstering things at the back as well, a couple of young punks in Danny Mills and Michael Dubery. England's the fu- future. The future mm-hmm. of England's defence uh, had been recruited as, as well. Um, we brought Batty back not long before this, so it was all heading in the right direction. Yeah, Danny Granville. <laughs> Him too. <laughs> just overloaded with good young players. Eric Backer. Yeah. And obviously the previous year we'd seen Smith and Woodgate and all that that crop breakthrough as well. Had Backer turned up yet? I think he this, t- did we get Backer the season? Didn't yes, he turn up I he think. turned I think he turned up in from ahead of the season like either at the end of the previous season or at the start of this. It was a weird time yeah. before transfer windows were quite so rigid. Yeah. Well we got him at, during this sort of time anyway. Yes. Um, and to Bridgie himself anyway, he played in the Premier League some years prior. 
um, 96, 97 when Sunderland were up, but then they'd got relegated. So uh, had a couple of years in the championship. I kind of not really heard of him when we signed him. No, even, even though I was aware that he was quite highly rated because that's what the press said. Yeah, I mean, you didn't watch the championship, did you? Either? No, I still, so, still don't. So there might be in vague memories of him from playing for Sunderland before, but we were, I mean, particularly then Leeds were in the Premier League. I'm not watching that. I'm not going to go out of my way to find championship football an attitude that echoes down the ages there was a bit more about that level in um, magazines and stuff like I'm sure I'd read about Michael Bridges Mm -hmm. in 90 minutes or something like that that did feature what was going on in the the lesser leagues and Sunderland had the attention because they were coming up with Peter Reid who was quite a big name still and um, they had Niall Quinn with Disco Pants up front with Kevin Phillips and the number of goals that they were scoring was Always a story, but yeah, and then Bridges was kind of the third wheel in that strike partnership, which is how we got him. Yeah, mm. so he was, even though he was in some ways the most valuable of the three, also didn't really play because he just didn't didn't fit the system. And there was a little, with Northeast there was accents. a little bit of um, upset on Weir's side that he'd done that because uh, you know that he was turning his back on Sunderland when he was such a a good young player. But his point was just like, well, if you if you think I'm such a good young player, drop Mal Quinn. And play me, yeah. I never knew this as well. Some interesting detail here that he'd gone down to sign for George Graham at Spurs, but that's because he was a Spurs fan because of Chris Waddle. Mm. Yeah, he was talking about this on the official Leeds United podcast not long ago. But yeah, he got as far as um, as Spurs, and then Alan Sugar came in and was a cock basically. <laughs> so he did, so he didn't bother signing Alan. That's, that seems very out of character. It, it does, doesn't it? But Alan Sugar came in. And went, I don't know who you are, but they were, we're spending five million pounds on you, so you, you better be good, and we're not going to pay you what your agent wants. And he was just basically a twat. So up there with Brian Clough slacking off Gary McAllister's cowboy boots. <laughs> so he decided to come to Leeds instead. Do you know what? I always loved Bridgie, particularly because I'm exactly the same age as him. I'm about a couple of months older than him. So I always felt that, that kinship mm. that you do, when you, you know, when you get a footballer that's like born in the same year as you, you feel like they're kind of you out there on the pitch. Yeah. But it was a nice, him coming to us instead of Spurs as well. Obviously, it was entirely down to Alan Sugar, as it turns out. But it, it felt like getting one over on George Graham as well, because he obviously done the dirty on us the year before. And it was... In some ways, Michael Bridges was do- dealing with a couple of Judas bastards at once mm. in-, in Hasselbank and Graham. So that was nice. <laughs> uh, so the lineup then for this day down at the Dale uh, Nigel Martin in goal, defenders Mills, Woodgate, Radabay, and Hart. Dubry in there as well. So is that a back five that we're, we're looking at? Or a back three? Oh, interesting. Got Mil- as we'll see later on, Mills bombing on. In midfield, Bowyer, Batty, Hopkin with Kewell and Bridges up front. So it looks relatively inexperienced. Mind you, we'd lost there season before aren't we quite badly 3-0 mm, yeah um, O'Leary had said it was a, the worst performance of, of his time to that point anyway um, looking at the opposition lineup in the former Southampton uh, some names you might recognise in there Jones Dodd Richards Lundekvam Francis Benali Letizia or is it Mark Hughes Marsden Cashlul Marion Pahars and uh, Egil Ostenstadt it's a vintage this is basically the team I still think Southampton should have mm. <laughs> Well, there's a real explanation there as to why there was so much positivity around Leeds at this point. Because if you compare Mark Hughes, who at this point is like, what is he, 50? And he's still got his like horrible grey bubble perm combination mullet. Marsden's just like a weird old guy. Um, <laughs> Letizia, obviously. Finale was, had a moustache at the time. Good, moustaches. No one had moustaches as well. Yeah. Egil Ostenstad was from, they bought him from Wimbledon. Did he go to Liverpool at one point or was that somebody else? But anyway, Ostenstad, they all just like looked old and boring <laughs> and like the Dell was just like, I mean, it had charm and you'd miss it now, but it was like a horrible little place. And then it was us and we're dressed as Lazio and we've got our new badge and we've got Kuehl and he's going out with a, a soap star 
and Michael Bridges is £5 million, and Dubry and Mills are England under-21 internationals, and Woodgate is the, the uh, pathway is the best ever, and we've got Smith on the bench, and we've got um, just loads of... We just were cool at that point, and, you know, David Hopkin was also there. I will just correct you that Egil Ostenstadt didn't play for Wimbledon. I think, oh, you're, I think you're confusing Egil Olsen, the elderly manager of Wimbledon. <laughs> no, I'm trying, who was the, the midfielder that played for Wimbledon who went to Liverpool? Oh, Leonardson. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, close, close enough, close enough. Leslie Mark Hughes was nearly 36 years old when this game took place. So he looked so much older. Yeah, and you can see it when you look at the, the footage of the game. You can see we look like a really cool team and Southampton just look like a bunch of old losers. Sexy David Hopkin. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hey, you don't need teeth to be sexy. Bringing in the ladies. We were one nil up inside eleven minutes. Talk me through it. In some ways, this is the goal. It's his first goal for Leeds, and it's the goal for Michael Bridges. Never got better than this. <laughs> it's such a lovely goal, though. I mean, Kewell's come in from the uh, from the right hand side. He's been fouled by an old man, Chris Marsden. <laughs> so from the free kick, he's about thirty five yards out, and it's chipped in towards the box towards Jubry. Lundock Varm just gets ahead of him. Guess it had a kind of half clear, but it comes to Bridges who's on the edge of the box. And his first touch, because it's kind of going a bit high and a bit behind him, but first touch just brings it back in front of him, then on the volley. It's weird because he, he's not hit hard and it's the keeper's too close to his line for it to really be a lob, but yet it is a lob. It's just so nicely placed. There's something there's something delightful about lobs when the keeper's... It looks like the keeper's going to get to it until he can't. Chip. Dubry couldn't get to it. Bridges has scored! His first Leeds goal and a sign of the skill for which Leeds shelled out the thick end of £5 million. And there's one or two doubts about the signing as well, particularly because we played Derby in that opening game of the season at Ellen Road and drawn nil-nil. You're like, well, where's this £5 million gone on this young punk? Why is he not scoring yet? But he soon put those doubts to bed, didn't he? It's interesting reading the BBC report of that Derby game as well. The opening um, paragraph, the opening sentence... Leeds' title-tipped side drew a frustrating blank against the spirited Rams. England manager Kevin Keegan's watching as well at this point. Were we tight? I don't remember us being title-tipped. Title-tipped. I remember thinking we might be in sort of top three or four, but I, I don't remember ever thinking we were in a title. We'd challenge. ended the season before on a high and spent all this money on players and we looked cool. <laughs> but I mean, looking at the players we signed, though, I suppose it's a, di- it's a different... League context, isn't it? Than it is now when you have to spend hundreds of millions of pounds. But we signed a Charlton fullback, a player who couldn't get in Chelsea's team, and Michael Bridges, who was coming from the Championship. That wouldn't be enough these days, would it, to, for anyone to consider that to be suitable strengthening for a, chi- a title challenge? Just to, to timestamp this as well, you know, the Derby game that preceded this one, that was the day that the Billy Bremner statue was officially unveiled at Ellen Road, which has become obviously a, very much a, a landmark and a gathering point now in, uh, in 2023. Mark Hughes, talk to me about the old man. <laughs> Good this. Yes, yeah, this is great. It's almost, I mean, you're right that Michael Bridges' goal is kind of the thing that this is, is the real highlight. But every time this comes up, it's like, oh yeah, that happened as well. And it happened to Mark Hughes. Yes, yeah, so mm. this is, uh, we're 1-0 up at this point. They take a corner, it goes to the far post. Mark Hughes hits a volley. As he always did. As he did. The bastard. Was it spiteful? It I imagine it. it was spitefully hit. It was really. It's a shame we didn't have um, Chris Fairclough around at this point to come and sort out his, his temples with his knees. But um, <laughs> yeah, the Dell, for anyone who doesn't remember it, was Southampton's old ground and it was very, very compact and the net was incredibly shallow and actually rested up against the advertising boards. So when he hits this shot, it goes in. He, I think David Hopkin is near to it on the line. Some of the reports describe it as striking David Hopkin on the line. It doesn't. 
because no, it, it strikes the advertising it board. It strikes the advertising board, bounces out, and there's very little fuss about it, actually. To, to be, just to make that absolutely clear, it goes over the line, into the goal, oh, yeah. the back of the net, hits the advertising holding behind the goal, and bounces out again. And then uh, some very, I'm not sure which Leeds players it is, but very quick thinking to dive on that and start trying to clear it as if it hasn't gone in. I don't know if that contributed to the referee's confusion, but the referee, the linesman, and several journalists, nobody thought it had gone in. Mark Hughes seemed to think it had, which just made it all, all the sweeter. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quiz question for you then. Do you know who scored the last ever goal at the Dell? Somebody with a Leeds United connection? Ooh, I thought it was Matt year. I mean, he scored a lot against us. Um, well, did he? I'm thinking of Alan Shearer. I thought, I thought it was, um, I thought it was Matt Letizia because I thought that was part of the Part of the that, story. That was the last competitive goal last at the Dell. But they had a friendly against Brighton seven days after the season had finished. And on Wikipedia, it says on the 26th of May, the club's fans said goodbye to the Dell by stripping it of all of its seats, the pitch, and even the advertising boards after their last game at the stadium. A 1 0 victory in a friendly against Brighton, uh, the first and last opponents at the stadium, which is why they um, had the friendly. And was, the goal. And the last ever goal I at the bet. Dell was scored by Gordon Strachan? Nope. Dan Harding? Yeah. No. Like um, Brighton. I thought Strachan because he managed them, didn't he? Shall I tell you? Go on. It's Juve Rosler. Uh, oh, there you go. There you, I mean, on, on the referee for this game, this was um, Alan Wiley, who was a Premier League referee for, for quite some time after this, but it, this was it was his first ever game, and reports say he basically made a bit of a twat of it. So, I mean, we, there were nine nine bookings. <laughs> he made a bit of it. Is that what the official <laughs> match was? That's what it said, yes. If the ball is uh, going bouncing out the back of the net and he's not giving a goal, 
Again, nine, it's a bit of an error. Nine bookings overall. Can you guess any of the Leeds players that were booked? It's, it's a real tough one. Batty. Correct. Hopkin. <laughs> um, Hopkin wasn't actually. Mills. Mills, correct. Uh, Radaby? Mm, no, uh, no. Dubes? Dubes. <laughs> Lee Bowyer, yeah, Bowyer. Uh, Backer, Batty, Bowyer, Mills, Dubes, all booked. Excellent form, excellent form. Um, so we get to half time at 1 0, even though it should have been 1 <laughs> 1. Uh, and then we scored early in the second half. And it was young Bridgie again. And it was young Danny Mills showing us a he's giving us a first taste of what he can Effing do. Everything brilliant that lad. You know that. It was a very Danny Mills run. Head down, belt it down the line, run after it, cross it in. Twisting one way, then the other. Oh, here's Bridges. Two for the new man and two for Leeds. But it's another it's a good finish, is this? It's a beautiful finish. Because it's it looks kind of simple, but actually. He's still got a goalkeeper to beat and he could easily have tried to take a touch or complicated it. But instead, when the ball's crossed in, just sweeps it in with his with the side foot. He sort of complicates it, but in a good way because he slows down mm. as the ball is coming to him, as the keeper is coming to him. Instead of rushing to meet it and hitting it under the keeper, he kind of, he slows down and sees what the keeper is doing and then plays it into the corner where the keeper can't get to it. There's just this very subtle little moment when Bridges really, it's a little bit like the first goal where he takes his time over putting that ball in the air and picking the spot, putting in the goal. There's the same thing where it's just gone like, it's a real high pressure moment, but he just goes, ah, I'll just see what happens and then I'll decide what I'm going to do. Beautiful. Composed. And he's composed God, enough to, uh, to yeah. have tripped up Dean Richards as well on the way. Mm. Yeah, he was appealing, <laughs> appealing for a foul. That I mean, he's, yeah. he's just on the floor by the penalty spot as Bridges strokes this one in, so it does make the finish a bit a bit easier for him not having to play there. I think it's. I think if if he goes down, it's an innocent tangle of legs. <laughs> and then twenty minutes later, game over, three nil. Another one for Bridgie. Hat trick, boom. And, and is this allowed? A corner that you score from? Mm-hmm, apparently so. Ian Hart on the uh, on the corner duty. He's out swinging it. Then yeah, straightforward. Yep, yeah, just to the near post. Bridges in there to. Uh, it's nice to see him scoring a different type of goal though. Well, they're all all three of these are very different goals, which was. It's a shame he didn't get the perfect hat trick with, with two on his right foot and one on yeah. his head. Yeah, he, he should have. He should have really put the close range one with his left. Just to make a point, just knowing, to, knowing, knowing, that he was knowing he was going to get the header yeah, yeah, on his yeah. left. Of, but, of course. Hart. Oh, it's in. Michael Bridges with a hat trick for Leeds. It's almost enough to cause Leeds to forget all about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. There was one disallowed for offside as well. He nearly had four in this, didn't he? No, it wasn't outside. It was a handball. Nah. When there was unjustly uh, as well by that fool, Alan Wiley. Yeah, he popped it in as uh, the ball had been handled on its way to him. But um, four would have been maybe too much. There was something beautiful about three, three nil hat trick, just great. I know we we joke now, but I actually did listen to this one on the radio. I remember I remember it quite well. For some reason, the memory of it, and just thinking, God, he's, he's we've got we've somehow managed to sign the best player in the world. Here. <laughs> I did want him reading about it, actually. It was the first hat trick a Leeds player had scored since Gary McAllister quite a few years mm. earlier. So, Leeds hat tricks at this point, I'm only, I've seen Tony Yeboah score some, seen Gary McAllister get one, but like it wasn't a, it wasn't something I was used to seeing as a, as a fairly young man still. So, this game, I've spoken about it on the podcast before when people have said, What's your happiest moment as a Leeds fan? And it was this game, and it was, I didn't listen to it and I didn't pay anything attention. Well, I paid attention to it. I won't tell what's going on, but. It was the same day, it was played the same day as the solar eclipse that uh, captivated the country. So I was in Cornwall for that, which was the main 
going to be the epicenter of uh, the sun um, where you could see it best. So we were camping and so all that happened on the day and it was very exciting. And The day of this game? Yeah, yeah. August the 11th was the yeah, yeah. eclipse. And um, so we're down there for that and then, yeah, on the piss in the evening. And I remember waking up at the campsite the next day and there was a newspaper and so let's well, let's see, I was 19, I think, sitting in the deck chair with a paper reading about Michael Bridges scoring this hat-trick in a 3-0 win and looking at the photos. It was the first time in a Premier League match that we'd worn this kit. We'd worn it in friendlies before and just looking at how good the kit looked and reading about how good the goals were. And it came with the news that after Hasselbank had gone, we'd bought Darren Huckabee, mm-hmm. who was another like Mills, Dubry. Bridges, highly rated, England under 21, international scored, a, he scored a hat-trick against us, he did, didn't yeah. he, for Coventry. So we'd replaced Hasselbank with this really cool, new, young, exciting player. And I was just sitting there in the sunshine in, of August, having seen uh, this like remarkable solar event the day before. And who's the, what's the name of the BBC presenter? Hugh Jenkins. So we'd seen him. I'm sure he was presenting it. So we'd like, we'd seen the BBC studio um, and been sold like a solar eclipse and Hugh Jenkins and the BBC was very exciting and just feeling like everything was just really... Right in the world. Yeah. It's, uh, Apart from the sun being blocked out, which could be alarming under other circumstances. Oh, it was quite exciting at the time. The birds didn't seem to like it. That's the main thing I remember for the eclipses. What was wrong with them? Hey? Well, the they birds? all uh, flew off. Oh, those birds. Um because, I mean, in the event, it was actually quite cloudy. So it's quite <laughs> quite difficult to work out exactly what was going on. But when, so you're all looking around going, is it happening? Is it happening? And then it suddenly got really, just before it got really dark, every bird on the bay, on the beach, flew away. And then it got really dark. You're like, oh, it's happening. And then the clouds parted. Oh. And we all had the special, um, everyone, I think, they'd been given away in the newspapers, weren't they? Yeah, 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 like special glasses to make sure that people didn't uh, burn their eyes off looking at the sun <laughs> directly. I believe that's what medically happens as well. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, all of that. Retinas just melt. And it was, uh, yeah, good times. Good times. I was still it? fretting about the uh, Millennium Bug. Still worried about that. <laughs> Gosh, I was sure. going around the car. No, this eclipse can't be good news. Now there's a Millennium <laughs> Bug's coming. Too much going on at once, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, this was absolutely my pomp. This was. I'd just, uh, just finished university, 21 years old having a right old time. And I remember standing outside in the uh, the quad, the quadrangle at university, like going, oh, wow, this is so exciting. <laughs> um, the good David, news was David O'Leary wasn't getting carried away in, with the millennium fever, was he? Indeed, no. Um, we had good sense from O'Leary. He said, uh, you well, you're going to do it in his bit, voice? Oh, God. He's, don't, don't commit a race-hate it, crime. It's, it's gonna, yeah, it's, it's dangerous, isn't it? So he, he says... It's quality finish. Is just, just, just to, just to be, be sure, is it just because we've got a lot of Irish listeners that you're not prepared to do it? But if it was someone a bit more obscure, you're prepared to do that. If you're upset, Australian yeah. David O'Leary. <laughs> we've already upset Americans. I'd be willing to do that. Yeah. The, the, well, the, and the, what would an American David O'Leary sound like? <laughs> don't do it. Probably Irish still, wouldn't he? Yeah, probably. Yeah. He'd live in Boston. Go on. But um, So that was fine, saying he's got real good potential. You expect oh, him to make sorry, goals I'm and scores. imagining <laughs> David O'Leary being from Boston and going We've got babies looking after babies. That's a really terrible Boston accent. <laughs> I don't I've, been, even... I've been to Boston. It didn't sound like that. No. How, how would it sound if David O'Leary was from Boston? He was talking about babies looking after Are you babies. Boston in Lincolnshire. Or... Boston, Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. You mean? Massachusetts? Yeah. But he says I, I brought Michael Bridges in. 
with the intention that he would develop over the years, he has the potential to develop into a sleeky Dennis Bergkamp in a squad which could eventually be on a par <laughs> with the great Don Revie teams. <laughs> All right. You've so you're saying he's not Premier League ready? One, 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 drawn one against Derby and Southampton this season. Just, I mean, the other implication of that is if the team is on a par with the great Don Revie teams, then the manager, what does Obviously. it say about the manager? And then I mean, um, Phil at the YEP, different one, Phil Rostron. So yeah, the OG Phil, yeah, version so one. If, uh, if sheer undiluted class is what you admire in a striker, then here it was in a league of its own. And it was so good. And it was the feeling of a new player arriving as well. I think that you, you get those. We've had that moment with Nonto, haven't we, recently, where you've, he's, he's done stuff and you've gone, fucking hell, we're, we've got something here. Yeah, there's that thing. I mean, everybody, there's, I mean, in this team, we had Alan Smith, obviously, and we'd, we brought back you back, and Woodgate was coming through. So there's always that feeling of closeness to homegrown players. But sometimes when you spend £5 million on a player or whatever it is now, and they just turn out to be really good, like your Boer as well. Your Boer was a big, was he our, he wouldn't have been our record at the time, maybe. But three and a half million on your Boer, mm. and he was just a goal machine. He's got like, that's great. And it didn't matter that whether he was from you know, Beeston or from Ghana. It was just, there's a really good player. And same with Michael Bridges. It's like, wow, he's good and he's playing for us now. And don't even the shorts look good on that kit. And um, in the run-up to Christmas, we played 17 games after this. First one after this was Man United away, which we lost 2-0. Bit disappointing. But of the 17 games that followed it, up to and including Boxing Day, we won 13 of them. Lost three and drew only one. Imagine that. Imagine winning 13 games in the Premier League. Mm, and then imagine uh, going for a night out and messing it all up. But that's a different story, isn't that it, was, at this point? I don't think we could do that in a guide to, for no. goodness sake. Michael Bridges was, was not on that night out, I don't No, think. he was uh, innocent entirely of, of everything. The only problem was that uh, eventually his ankles proved to be a longer-term problem. When it's an absolute tragedy. Because you can see, just in this game, just the, the finishes, the composure... Um, I don't know what to make of like a sleeky Dennis Burkamp as Dennis, o, uh, Dennis O'Leary was calling him, <laughs> but he had that quality. You know, you talk. We talk about tens more often. Back then, we used to just talk about Dennis Burkamp because I think he was the only player in the league. Maybe after Cantona, who had dropped off a striker. It's like, wow, what is he doing? <laughs> but he had that, and yeah, he would be the the ten, but also a good goal scorer as well. Oh, I, I, I think it's a shame how Michael Bridges turned out. But let's, this was good. This was happiness. And do you want to know the exciting postscript to this? Is it Matt Letizia? It's not his, Matt Letizia. His, his wild opinion? It's not. I've never heard him talk about that um, Mark Hughes goal. I'm surprised he's not trying to wrap that up. Him and Wright said, Fred, haven't done an hour-long podcast about it. I saw Michael Bridges in Ikea in Leeds not long after this. Wow. What was he getting? Hot dog. He deserved it. Is that where his uh, later goal celebration came from? Was he eating it sideways? Because he used to do a sandwich thing, didn't he? As if he was eating a, a baguette. Maybe, maybe maybe it was a meatball sandwich. Did you, well, maybe he eats a, a hot dog sideways, Michael. <laughs> Who doesn't? Michael, if you're out there and you can confirm which direction you eat a hot dog, north to south or east to west. And on that bombshell, that is the TSB guide to Michael Bridges' hat trick at Southampton. We'll see you soon. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Square Ball Podcast. 